redeemer, sustainer. Amen. Each year, on a cold, frozen, bleak winter day, I get very excited with the mail delivery. This is the day when my long-awaited and beloved Burpees catalog arrives. Yay, the seeds are here. There's hope. When other people are gearing up for the Oscars or the Super Bowl or are traveling to Florida's sun or are fretting over tax returns and documents, I live in that dreamy, gauzy world of garden catalogs. I spend endless hours imagining the stunning beauty of the latest variety of impatience. This year, it's peppermint. And how passers-by will admire my green thumb when they see lush rows of peppermint impatience in August. Come on up to Tecumseh Street and you'll see. What kind of peas will I want this year? Should I retry my disastrous experiment with tomatoes or just forget it and plant boring, homely rhubarb? And when March comes along, I will be out there with my recently purchased packet of Siberian kale on my hands and knees, hands muddy, preparing the rows in a very methodical and linear fashion. I steward each expensive package of seeds carefully, spacing the seeds at regular intervals in soil that has been enriched by a full winter's worth of eggshell, coffee, vegetable, and fruit compost. And then I wait to see what happens. This is my experience as a 21st century sower, a planter of seeds, an urban gardener. So I was glad to discover that today's gospel reading from Matthew is a parable about a farmer sowing seed. And here is what Jesus narrates. Unlike my cautious planting of one seed at a time at regular intervals, this farmer scatters the seeds all over the place. Some end up on rocky soil and the spr plants sprout quickly due to shallow soil depth but they quickly wither and die in the sunlight. Other seeds are thrown among the weeds and they choke the new plants. 
and some other seeds end up in very good soil and they grow providing amazing yields. Who is the sower in this parable? Well, I sat with the story for a few weeks and I thought the sower is God. This holy one is sowing seeds and they are landing on all sorts of soil, rocky, weedy, composted. This means in the first instance that God does not sow in the careful, linear, deliberate, urban, gardenerish fashion that I plant my seeds. Truth be, sold, truth be told, I'm stingy and miserly with my, my burpee seeds, not wanting even a single one to go to waste. But contrast this with God the sower casting seeds into the wind, letting them fly off and land where they will, take root where they will grow where they will. In this week's All Saints email blast, there was a reproduction of the painting, The Sower, by the French artist Millet. If you haven't seen it, I hope you'll go back and look. In this painting, the farmer is striding through the fields with a bag of seeds strapped around his neck, and he is casting them handfuls at a time into the wind. They fall where they will. They sprout or grow or not where they will. There's a holy recklessness, a wild abandon, about this way of planting. There's no long-term strategic program or plan. If we think about the seeds as the word of God, then we know that there is no way we can predict what will happen once that seed is cast into the wind. Hey, if you look carefully at your life, if I look carefully at my life, I will know that there have been times when I have been rocky soil. Other times when I have let God's presence in, however superficially. And then there have been those few moments, those few breakthrough moments when the seed, the soil, the fertilizer, the rains, the light, the temperature have all come together in my life and something deep and abiding and profound occurs. What were? What are these moments for you?
About five weeks ago, I witnessed a remarkable act of seeding in the good soil of freedom, spontaneity, and love. On Indianapolis Pride Day, more than 100 GLBTQ and straight allies of the Episcopal Church, including many, many from this parish, marched in the annual Pride Parade. They didn't do this anonymously, but wore t-shirts identifying themselves as Episcopalians, carried banners from their parishes, and waved flags with the Episcopal Church logo. Clergy callers were very visible. There was even incense and our Thurfer. My most powerful memory was the repetitive chant of these Episcopal Church marchers. God loves you, no exceptions. God loves you, no exceptions. God loves you, no exceptions. On that beautiful, blue, sunny day, this chant wafted through the air, bounced off the buildings, echoed off the buildings to the thousands of people who crowded along the downtown parade route. And I imagine that there were individuals who had been spiritually harmed or abused in religious or other settings who never heard so succinctly or clearly this foundational message of Jesus. Every time God loves you, no exceptions was chanted. Abundant seeds promising beautiful growth were released into the wind. And who knows, maybe some landed in good soil. One more thing. This parable of the sower is grouped into what New Testament scholars like to call parables of the rain. And these are along with other well-known parables of Jesus, such as the mustard seed, the leaven, the treasure and the pearl, the net, all of these little vignettes or stories point to the inbreaking of God's reign. In the case of the sower, like I said, the seeds of the kingdom are cast out by the Holy One recklessly, lavishly, and when they sprout, they announce the kingdom of God. Every gardener or farmer or a person that just tries to plant a plant on the windowsill and hoping for the best, knows that we cannot control the germination of the seeds even after a good, faithful application of miracle grow. There is a wonderful mystery in the emergence of plants. Some combination of dirt, light, water, temperature, 
acidity, quality of seed, timing, and just luck are involved. We plant, yes, but we are not in final control of what happens. This parable reminds us that even though we may be planting seeds for the inbreaking kingdom of God, the timing and ultimate germination of this kingdom is not in our control at all. I write letters to Amnesty International. I march in move on rallies. I celebrate in gay pride parades. I try to lessen my carbon footprint. But it would be a huge mistake for me to imagine that I am in control in any way of any of the results. Yes, the kingdom of God will arrive, and yes, I have my little share to do, but the sacred, mysterious process and timing of this kingdom is in God's control. Can you see this also in the parable? So now, a formal definition. A parable is, formally, a figurative story or saying that conveys spiritual truth through reference to mundane and earthly phenomena. And we have been grappling this morning with the image that Jesus offers to us of the sower. I want to close now with another example, a contemporary parable that conveys a humble planterly meaning. In an abandoned vacant lot in the inner city, maybe not far from here, a dandelion grew and put down a huge root. It survived a tough winter, and in the spring, around mid-March, it put forth beautiful, yellow, almost golden flowers and broad green leaves. In time, the flowers died and turned into lovely, round, fragile heads of seeds that glistened slightly when the sun hit them. Then one day, a ferocious March wind ripped through the vicinity and the seeds were carried high up into the air in these little balls, breaking up. They turned this way, they turned that way, in all directions. One of the seeds was carried about 20 miles into the outer ring of suburbs, where the lawns were verdant, always watered, weeded, and fertilized. Our image of the true American lawn. One of these seeds landed in such a lawn in the crevice just next to the concrete driveway. 
The dirt there was not ideal, sure. But this seed, protected by the driveway on the one side and the grass blades on the other, burrowed deep down into the soil, evading the hungry birds. It grew and grew and grew totally unnoticed by the owner of the house who prided herself on getting rid of the weeds, especially dandelions and crabgrass. Then, in its own time, it too burst forth into a dazzling yellow flower and another and another. The owner did notice the dandelion and determined to dig it out and destroy it as soon as possible. Accompanied by her five-year-old girl, she bent down to finish off the dandelion. When the little girl said, Oh, Mommy, that, grass, that dandelion makes our grass so happy. The mother, the mother put down the hand shovel. The dandelion, in its mysterious way, soon replicated itself. And this five-year-old little girl loved playing in her happy lawn. This is a parable of the kingdom. Let those who have eyes to see, see. Let those who have ears to hear, hear. Amen.